What's going on, guys? Sorry, it's been a couple weeks. Been pretty busy, guys. Uh, revenue's growing on the farm, picking up more customers, getting into more restaurants, doing my thing. So that's good news. Hopefully, uh, me and Scott can find time to get together and do that. Uh, yeah, I've been spending some time, not necessarily on the farm, but spending time working on the business. So, but uh, yeah, so, but today isn't about my farm. Today is about being the change, guys. So be, you know, B-E-E, -E, the change. So I had a pleasure of sitting down with uh, Senior Fratzel, uh, Greg Burns, and Sean Brown. So actually I actually have a podcast I did with Sean Brown. It hasn't come out yet, but it will in the future. And once we get, uh, so I'll be knocking out some episodes here soon, but so, but before I just digress and, and talk and, and not make any sense, let's get into the affiliates, guys. So, this podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com forward slash sample hour. Um, I need to check on that because I think some of you guys have signed up and they haven't sent me any money. So, I should probably figure out what's going on with that. No, I'm just teasing, guys. So, but if you guys do do that, uh, I just finished reading uh, White Liberals, Black Rednecks, or Black Black Rednecks, White Liberals. I don't remember the name of it, by Thomas Sowell. And right now, I'm actually reading, time, effect, I think it's called Effective Time Management by Brian Tracy. So, it's not even a book. It's, uh, it's like a series of his uh, audio stuff that he used to sell so before we had things like audible and everything like that people used to say listen to the the tapes and cds of different programs and turn your vehicle into the odd the audio learning center your own personal audio learning center so that's what i've been doing i've been driving a whole lot so uh which i'll get into um later on i'm sure another episode i still we're still getting a lot of stuff done with the infrastructure on the home front here so the cooler is actually my good buddy Cody Schlegel's property. Shout out to Cody. Check out his book called Junction. It's a great book. Junction 2 is coming out. I'm a big fan. It's not on Audible, but you can read it. So, Audible is the first the first one here, guys. And then after Audible, Nature's Image Farm. How can I forget that? There's nothing for sale, but check out Nature's Image Farm. Uh, Greg Burns is on the show today. So, uh, big shout out to Nature's Image Farm. Um, and if you guys are still interested in taking the course, go to versaland.tv and you can still take the paw paw course for free with Grant Schultz. So check that out. And then profitableurbanfarming.com. Big fan of profitableurbanfarming.com. Um, I, yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm doing. That's how I make my living these days. So if you guys use the, if you guys use the, if you click on the link in the show notes, you can save a hundred dollars or you can just sign up for the monthly plan like I did. So very, this is a very enthusiastic affiliate today, guys. I, I don't know if you can tell. So, um, now if you guys just want to contribute to the show, you can definitely become a patron. Big shout out to all my patrons. Now I appreciate you guys. I'm going to be getting some exclusive patron content out there that I'll slowly bring over to the podcast feed. And let me see what else. Um, oh, or if you just want to do a one-time donation to PayPal, you guys can do that as well. So 
And I am getting into cryptocurrency. I think I'm going to have a couple friends on to talk about cryptocurrency. So um, I will have a link for my wallet as well if you have crypto and you want to donate. I know my, my good friend Josh told me a long time ago, if you had a wallet, I could send you a little bit of Bitcoin. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means. I mean, I knew what it meant, but I didn't. I was like, it's, it's so intimidating and overwhelming to use cryptocurrency. So... Um, let me see what else. I think that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, there's some funny parts on this show where Greg Burns is trying to say how beekeeping isn't natural, and then I just interrupt him and say the same exact thing. So <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me sometimes, guys, but I appreciate you listening because I listen to these when I edit and I listen to these shows. My God, dude, you're so rude. I don't get it. Why am I so rude? Um, so that's it, guys. So I appreciate everybody that writes me and, and shares their stories and their situations. Uh, continue to do that, guys. The email is in, on the website. So if you go to samplehour.com, and I think it says contact, you can contact me via email. So anyways, guys, with that being said, I appreciate you. I appreciate you all. Thank you guys so much for listening um, and supporting me. And uh, I don't know, guys, if... if if it wasn't for this show, I wouldn't be living the life that I live. And if I didn't have listeners, I wouldn't be doing a show. So you guys make the dream work. So teamwork makes the dream work. Anyways, with that being said, guys, I hope you enjoy this show. Buzzcast episode three. You're gonna start it like that? We don't have to start. That's weak. <laughs> Welcome. Well, because there is already an intro of me rambling. Oh, for like 14 minutes. Yeah, for 14 minutes. Where for you the should affiliates. really get rid of that Nature's Image Farm. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> Dang, Especially since they don't out. have anything to, to sell. Just, yeah, nothing to sell. He's got some uh, honey soon that he's only gonna sell to Rich Fratzel mm-hmm. with code word sample. Right. Ten percent. Free shipping when he comes, drives here and picks it up. 16 bucks a pound all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Greg Burns in the house, obviously. We have Rich Fratchel and Sean Brown, whose podcast episode has not come out yet, but it's coming out soon once Sean approves it and listens to it. But I did go out there. Sweet Meadows. Yes, sir. I think we're going to race it. It's very controversial. It's not controversial at all. But... um Anyways. We've been known to race a few controversial podcasts. Well, we we have mostly for drunkenness. There's a lot of donkey talk on this one. Oh, there wasn't actually that much donkey talk. There was peepers. You, Sean, I thought you had more donkey talk. I tried to talk to him about donkey talk. Donkey talk. What is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so we're here to talk about bees today. So, uh, Dr- Team Richard came out today, and we. Uh, what you said, fr- Team Frample. Frample, yeah, I actually. Everyone like keeps Frample messaging better. me and asking me, "Are they a couple or aren't they a couple?" And I said, "You know, I'm not one to judge. You have to ask them yourself." But I think you guys, this would be a good time to clear the air. Well, and just let everybody know that in- indeed you guys are a, a power couple. 
platonic power couple. I mean, it's a real deal. It's a real thing. Yeah, it's, it is a real thing. It's 2017. It's 2017. Stop mansplaining to me things. And just... We, we do have a... Uh, we do have a... Uh, um, an unconventional household situation for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so Sean, Sean, Sean is in the neighborhood. He stopped by. Sean is actually, uh, you have bees as well, Sean. You, how many beehives do you have? I currently have five going. Five beehives. Five beehives. They are all captured swarms. So I, uh, Greg and I had a discussion not too long ago about purchasing bees and in the future, um, trying to do that as little as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why my whole plan is to just uh, use Greg's bees once they once they come up. But honestly, like it's it's funny because we are laughing about it. It's kind of an excuse, but at the same time, like it, originally the plan was to catch swarms because Greg and I both saw the benefit in catching swarms from his swarm the year before, which were small cell bees. And the way those those uh, smaller saw, I never measured their comb, but no, yeah, they were definitely not standard size. Yeah, and and so we had that idea, and I remember I was excited about. It, and you had said to me like, "Yeah, the first season ever where I came out of winter with all my hives, and then I just split them too." So, and you have mutt bees as well. I yeah, I do. So it, just looking at each individual hive, I have one that looks mostly Italian. There's one right next to it that looks mostly grayish like a carniolan and, and then uh some of them they're just kind of all over the place yeah what kind of what kind of setup as far as boxes frame width i'm still doing size? standard 10 frame on everything deeps uh langstroth hives correct uh two of them i have deeps the other one i went all medium supers and then i'm in the process of going down to eight frame so that- i Okay. The first split I did was out of the the hives that we actually built out here at Nature's Image Farm. Oh, nice! So I'm I'm using that one as an experiment going forward because we've had plenty of discussions. If I don't rotate the frames out, they never use the two on the outside. On a ten frame. On a ten frame. And yeah. what are your goals with your bees? So we had this big conversation on the last episode, and that it was actually the Greg had this great, you know, why do you want to do bees? And I used it for the audiogram. And so, so for you, what is your guys' goal with your beekeeping? My, my entire history, when I was a, a kid, we, I grew up at a pre-Civil War farmhouse. It was built in the, the late 1800s, well, right around the 1870s. And uh, I had swarms of bees that lived in my walls constantly growing up as a kid. So I was fascinated by them. And then uh, we started our grocery store, Sweet Meadows, and we couldn't find local raw honey anywhere at the time this would have been like 15 years ago and i saw an ad in the paper that was looking for beekeepers and they had a grant program i think it was called like the don myers apiary program and i applied for it and actually won some equipment they sent me to a bee class and i started doing it because i was interested and wanted local raw honey so now i uh my wife hoards honey yeah she uses it in baking we're making homemade ice cream meads, which homemade delicious. ice creams yeah so Right now, it's for personal use for the honey, and then I also have an orchard that we love the pollination um, from all the bees in our orchard. So, so what? Um, how long have you been keeping bees for? I'm in year six, seven now, seven. So yeah, so this is Greg's second year. This is my potential first year, um, and Rich's because Rich is probably going to want to help too. Rich is interested in bees as well, um, 
And so in in your seven years of beekeeping, like how how has your management style changed? I, I would say probably I've in the last two years I've learned more in the first five years. And why do you think uh, that is? <clears throat> a lot of it is the people I'm hanging out with now. Um, social media. So I'm in several beekeeping groups. Um, I reconnected with a friend from 20 years ago who's now a, a, a full-time beekeeper. So there's just so many more networking opportunities for beekeepers now than there was seven years ago. It's amazing how many people are keeping bees. And are you, so with your um, practices, are they uh, holistic, beyond organic beekeeping <laughs> nice. practices? I would say yes. Um, I, I don't know anybody in the state of Ohio that can claim that they're a certified organic apiary. There's just too there's much. No way. There's no way a bee can travel three miles and not run into something around there, here. That's there's technically no certified organic apiaries in the United States. What if you raise I thought them there in was a one. I thought there was one in Montana, but maybe it's. You know, I gone. could be wrong. There could be a new but one. You'd have well, to. Have, if you think about it, though, if you got a five mile you, radius, right. if you had a but if you had a buffer, like let's say if you had like a huge ranch out west. And you had like a three hundred like acre Turner. or five hundred or a thousand acre square ranch. I mean, but I, 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 it'd be hard to keep bees from coming in. But you could almost you could you could almost guarantee. Sorry, it's a PBR. PBR. We wondering. have to do it. Yeah, the, I, the only certified organic honey we've been able to find is from like South America. So it's it's really. That means there's no agriculture, and, and, and this is and this was Sean's business for a while, having an organic grocery store and wanting to have certified, certified organic, yeah, certified organic stuff. You had a certified organic grocery store, right? The grocery store itself was certified. Yeah, the carpet. <laughs> yeah, the we carpet. had to use certified organic drywall. <laughs> no, no. If if you're talking about beekeeping practices, then yes, we uh we don't do any kind of like chemical treatments. Um, I I. We I've heard you guys talk about treatment over and over again. What is a treatment? Um, I, the whole reason I came over today was um, Greg was hooking me up with some homemade honey be healthy stuff that I'm sure they'll talk about in a little bit. That um, I'm going to use to stimulate a split that I did. But yeah, I don't I don't add. I might feed them sugar syrup if it's really necessary, but I don't use any kind of chemicals or anything like that. And and a lot of it too is because you're you're predominantly you're cultivating honey. And keeping your health, I mean, you, you want to keep your hives and you're splitting your hives because you don't want to buy bees, but your biggest focus is getting a good source of honey, like honey propagation versus bee propagation. Correct. And pollination. Yeah. And pollination. Oh, yeah. For the, for the orchard, too. Correct. Yeah. My apologies. Yes. You so. better be sorry. How dare you? <laughs> I don't know what I, what I was thinking there. So this year, before, before the honey be healthy... Because you know, treatment free is is definitely kind of a is a buzzword right now, and it's kind of a, a hot topic. What exactly is a treatment? And some people, you know, will say, um, "Well, my my context is probably uh, like Solomon Parker and the treatment free keeping podcast or podcast." Um, and he's he's pretty clear on that, and on, on his website, you know, he's talked about you know trying to change that name to something else because it's 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 a little bit um, you know misleading. But a lot of those folks are. You know, they're not feeding sugar. Um, they're not, you know, they might they might swap boxes. They might move frames around, but that's like a mechanical manipulation rather than uh, treating for mites or, or um, but I, I think when it comes down to it is, is they're pretty clear as, you know, any, technically speaking, anything you do to a hive to improve the hive is a treatment, whether it's mechanically 
uh, checkerboarding frames, flopping boxes, um, or even using natural uh, forms of acetic acid like rhubarb or comfrey or anything else. Technically speaking, you uh, have a hand in the bee's health. Um, so I think treatment-free is kind of a misleading. Agreed. Uh, is a kind of a misleading word. I, I think maybe more like a um, holistic. You definitely can't call it natural beekeeping because there's nothing natural about making a box and putting a bee in it and trying to keep them yeah. there, even if they do move in there. I don't think there's anything natural about beekeeping, if you think about it. Like, humans interaction. I mean, but the weird thing is, is it, uh, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of humans. Like, we brought bees to the United States, like right. honey bees right. to the United States. So, but anyways. Yeah. But so, so, so that, that's, 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 it's interesting because, Sean, you're only, you're only like, I don't know, 12 miles of crow fly to your place from here. Yeah, it's very. It takes me twenty minutes to get it. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to have another beekeeper uh, to you know learn a little bit more about their you know their context and how how they're doing things. Yeah. Um, compared to how we're you know and we can both learn you know from each other. But it sounds like you're running five, uh, five hives, Langstroth. Some are eight, some are ten. Mostly Correct. deeps, except for your new split. Yes, and okay. I'm I'm also all, the two new hives going forward. No screened bottom board. I'll go into solid too. Go into solid. Nice. Um. I have three inner covers. The two new ones I'm trying with no inner cover. Nice. Um, and I would love to experiment with small cell very yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think smaller spaces are, are definitely not only easier to manage, but I think it's easier for the bees. We'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm seeing here. Yeah, it, it was an interesting... Um, t- today's experience, first off, was... I'm I'm really glad that I'm only going to be doing one hive my first year after going down f- 15 there well there's technically 14 there was 15 hives out there but there's 15 were, bodies boxes boxes but there was 14 but um you know Greg was doing a lot of interesting propagation experiments and um it was it was interesting to see I mean we we got it all on video Senior Fratzel Took some excellent video today. Um, he's also known as the Warlock, Warlock Fratzel. Warlock Fratzel. Yeah. What else? Um, <laughs> anyways. But yeah, we can talk about all all that. Yeah, when we'll talk but, about all that, and I because you I got Sean, Sean has Sean's got to go, here, but, so that's why we, we're, we're that's why I was just like, let's go to Sean now. But so I'd just be interested just to to learn and share what you're doing with everybody else as far as. So it's solid bottom boards, inner covers on on three of them. Then, yeah, I'm I'm trying to do a, a mix just so I can compare and contrast. What are you seeing as far as hive beetles or any kind of mite load this year? I, I have never seen a hive beetle on my farm. Really, zero. Wow. Um, this is the first year through three inspections this summer that I've not seen mites. Nice. So I, they could be in there. I'm sure that eventually. But your wings are tattered, clean. But wings. no, all the the new the newly hatched brood look fantastic. Yeah. Um, I had a really rapid build up this spring, um, from two of the hives and I'm sure some of that's genetics, mm-hmm. um, that two of those were the ones I split it, um, just for hive management. Cause I didn't want them to swarm. How'd you, and, and what did you do as far as a split? I, I did a walk away with one. The second one I did a walk away with and it wasn't very successful. So I actually went and got a queen from okay. a friend at Stratford Apiaries. Nice. Dave Noble. Um, and that's the one that actually she's laying um, just not as fast. I think there's kind of a nectar darth right now. There's a lot of clover at my place, right. but it's super dry. Right. Um, 
So I'm going to be feeding them to try and get them to build up quicker. Your first split, what did you do? A frame of brood, two frames of brood, and honey, pollen? I did three frames of brood. Three frames of brood? Um, in the 10-frame uh, box? One of them had, yeah, in a 10-frame. One of them had uh, a, two swarm cells at the bottom, um, wow. and then three frames of honey that I put in an upper box. And then she hatched? Um, she hatched... Um, it must have bred because she's laying eggs. Um, and she's very difficult to find. That hive is actually more aggressive than mm. my other hives. Okay. So they're darker bees. Um mm. it was a captured swarm from mm. last year, so mm. so I don't I don't know the genetics in there, but definitely more aggressive than the other four hives. Maybe I'm leaning more towards Russian. Possibly, yeah. yeah. And I mean that's the kind of danger you're Run with captured swarms, you have exactly. no idea what your you genetics are. Yeah, and th- something else I kind of want to point out too, because you said that it's kind of Darth where you're at versus at Greg's here, and we were talking about this earlier. It's the difference in your guys' soil, even though you're only 12 miles away, like yeah, it's, it's a different. it's a lot it, different. It's crazy. I'll drive just up the road five miles, and there'll be a line in the in the highway where it soaked in rain, and right there's like a magnetic stop sign around my property where. Rain just everything. goes around us. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking about, because Sean and I both planted orchards and kind of like a uh, restoration ag permaculture orchard-esque kind of a um, kind of a feel. And, and he, you did plant trees that were probably, what, three and four foot whips? Yeah. When you planted yours, and I planted like 12-inch whips. Um, but I've seen some pictures, and yours are already like six feet tall, and have you have fruit. Yeah. Um, and mine are still, have they've grown maybe a foot. And I've got the nastiest, heaviest clays you'd ever want to plant in. Um, and so it's amazing. It's Clay City where you live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Pottery, Pottery, Pottery Town, City, USA yeah. is Zanesville. Um, so so there's it's it's interesting. You know, you hear a lot like, uh, do this, do that. The bees need this. The bees need that. Like it's some kind of a widespread blanket idea to do things. Um, but even Sean and I, I mean, he's the closest guy I know keeping bees. And we can't we, we, we can't keep bees the same way where he's been dry. I've been I've been getting dumped on. Up here, right. the hive you had today was dense, soaking wet and cold. Yep, I had, and so the hive it was a it was a one frame walk away split for an experiment, um, and it was there wasn't enough bees to to keep the, to keep the moisture out to do any kind of evaporation, um, or to keep the brood warm and all the brood chilled. Um, it's it's been cold, like you know, if the last uh, a week ago we had like five days in a row where it was like forty five to fifty four for the lows at night. It's like the worst time to split bees. <laughs> And here we are in a July, almost July yeah, now. That was the same night I put chicks out from the brooder on pasture. So, oh. <laughs> how those chicks do? We tried to wait and, and wait and wait. They actually did really well. They kept so, okay. Because yeah. I remember you had some issues with your chicks too. Um, we had raccoon problems. And well, but also too, even in the, uh, in, yeah. the in the brooder area, we did. We had it. It's been a crazy spring. It was nineties way back in Non-typical. March. And yeah, and then it got down in the 40s in June. Maybe so, the non-typicalness yeah. is actually the typicalness now. Because I believe every that's spring where we're going. that and we've only been here for like I think for three years now, they've been just you. You can't gauge anything on dates or timing or or you, all you can do is the best you can do at that time and adapt if it doesn't go right. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. So that's interesting. So the, the way you keep bees, you know, 12 miles away, and how I keep bees, or how you plant your orchard, and how well it's doing versus how slow. Um, it's good is. to have that resource though. 
It, yeah, it is. Yeah, that close. And, yep. and I I enjoy coming over here and checking out his small cell bees and his well, management practice. It's funny too because we were all friends before, but now with the GSD crew. But um, on on the podcast that has yet to be released. You even said you borrowed Greg, a, a tool of Greg's without even <laughs> before you even knew him. Correct. Yeah, I had a friend, two friends that helped us actually set up our orchard, and they just showed up with a laser level. And I asked them where they got it from, and they said this guy <laughs> named Greg Burns. And they're like, oh, you should man. check him out. He's right down the road. That's funny. And then I actually went to my friend Pat's place for one of his walkthroughs and ran into oh, that's, where, that's where I met Greg and yeah. Nate were there yeah. torn around. I'm like, hey, I, I think I use some of your tools. <laughs> that's pretty it's pretty awesome so and then because i i met you at the taco tuesday yeah and, then, and i was Bucket like Lake. yeah yeah it's, it was interesting i didn't even know you listened i was like man this guy's super cool and funny and he listens and i felt really cool everyone like, listens but not everyone wants to admit it that's <laughs> true it that's true Sad so cool days. so you're not far away but you've got um different type of bees going towards eight frames eventually small cell bees and yes sir that's cool and what time do you have to take off? Because I think we're at about 20 minutes. So, um, I'll probably be jumping out of here real soon. Okay. Any, any plugs but, or anything you got going on you want to? Well, Sweet Meadows. Nope, just Sweet Meadows. We're working on our brand new website. Um, we're still carrying some eggs and from stuff from other local people around town. Hopefully some produce and some greens soon. Yeah, from Capital City Gardens. <laughs> from Nature Capital City Gardens. Uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting because... Uh, um, it's just exciting. It's exciting times. Everything's kind of like an infancy, and uh, we're all coming together, and we're all trying to help each other out. So I'm I'm excited about the future for sure. Thanks for stopping by and bringing us some good old PBR. Yeah, right? yeah. For Happy late birthday, man. Yeah, Happy ten pack. You a ten pack. <laughs> it was. It's only eleven in that case. What happened with that? I, it's the way I got it from the C plus market. Uh, uh, yeah, economy's rough, man. It really is. All right, um, thank you guys very much. Yeah, it was great man. chatting with you. Yeah, it's a blast. I I always like uh, talking to you, Sean. And so too bad you live like an hour and a half away from me, but we still talk all the time. So I uh, I appreciate your input. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm excited to bring out Sean's podcast because Sean's got a really cool story with his farm and like kind of the history and like you, you know your your father-in-law who recently passed, who was like a a Joel Salton type of Ohio and original gangster. Yeah, he really was. He was like one of the, as Gene Logsdon would have called him a contrary farmer and like wanted people to come was all about organic farming. And which is why you love the term beyond organic. Loves it. That's why we use it. Cause Sean loves it. Yeah. Sean loves it so it's like much. Sean pays and all the time for certified yeah. organic. We're like, no, we're not about that. We're yeah. contrary. And Sean has to yeah. ask about fence posts. Did you get that fence post situation figured That's out? What took me so long to get out here today was. Did is it finally resolved? We, we, yes. Can you treat it pine? Or do you have to use locust? Uh, I found out that there, you're allowed to have a buffer zone between what's certified organic and not certified organic. So my wife and I decided we're just going to put the post in the buffer zone. So uh, the people that certify us, 25 feet is considered more than adequate. So I just made sure... I just made sure that there were no treated posts within 25 feet of any certified organic trees. And so people know you do grass-fed beef, you do pastured... uh, Pastured pork. Chicken. um, Pastured chicken. Because you're not running the... You were running the pork in the woods, but you... They're out just they're, on pasture. They're out now. on pasture, just now, grass. Yeah. And um, pigs eat grass. 
they do. That's unheard of. I know it's crazy. But you have to rotate them quicker so they don't do too much damage. We we saying. do. They grow pretty fast. Yeah. So we do a lot of our challenges. We farrow ourselves. Yeah. So I have to keep them indoors. Well, not indoors, but under roof. Under roof with access to outside for the first couple of weeks so that I can catch them and castrate them, which is always fun. It's a fun time on the farm. <laughs> and actually, Greg, you're about to start farrowing too, right? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so, well, hey, man, I, I always appreciate you. Uh, um, and I appreciate you coming on and, and everything else like that. And hopefully next time we do a buzzcast too you you can surprise us all with a beer. case of beer <laughs> <laughs> i should have my a batch of mead ready by then too oh nice, nice. We'll from see. your own honey yes so i'm excited about it you're I, actually allowed to get some of that honey to make some mead she's pretty excited about it i used uh wild black raspberries mm. with it so that she actually picked so oh that's awesome man yeah that should be so. a good time well great man so i you know, I guess we could probably pause it here and say bye to Sean and all that. What do you think? Yeah, we could just stop it without you saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'll edit that going. out. Okay. Back. There we go. Yes, we are. So what we did today. So let's uh, let's kind of start. So that was a nice uh, visit from Sean. Um, so first thing we did was I got, I, I guess from my perspective, I kind of want to share this because I got a pretty good taste into... I think how much work it is to want to propagate bees because it was like, it wasn't, it was just, I think checking all the hives. I mean, you, you got to take your, we took our time. You were teaching us and you were teaching Ben and that was really cool. But there, I mean, there's, it's a lot of work. It's not, um, you know, I mean, it's still fun, but I mean, it's, it's not, it, it was something that was like, uh, we had a we did a lot of experiments and, and we'll get into that. But the first thing we did today was we made your homemade bee. What is it? It's a it's like a honey a homemade honey bee healthy mix. It's like twenty three bucks for a a bottle of it when you buy it, and it makes like fifty gallons of of feed, which seems like a lot. Um, but when you've got fourteen or fifteen boxes with bees in it. It, it goes through it pretty quick when you're building comb and it's just not an input I want to keep, you know, putting into it and eventually not even have to use it all. But, uh, so we decided to make our own, um, <clears throat> honey bee healthy esque, um, which is, you know, uh, essential oils and emulsifier and, uh, sugar. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, it, that was interesting too, because I didn't, it was, it was, it was fun to help you make it and then also take a look at the, the costs that are involved in going natural beekeeping. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I don't know how much it is to spray chemicals on bees, but I'm sure that's not cheap either. Yeah. Um, it, it probably matters scale like anything else. Yeah. Um, so when we first went there, the first size we went to were splits and they were, what you had done was you, you, you did some walk away you had a few walk away and then the other technique was you you took um you took the comb and you what did you say you did with it okay, yeah so the um the uh the first uh row that we went to had had five hive bodies on it they were eight frame mediums um and we did kind of a plethora of uh techniques to queen and populate those hives um 
one of them we took a swarm cell and a, fr- a frame of brood that were on the same frame. We put that in there with a frame of honey and let that one go. And then a couple of the other hives, we took um, some queen cell cutouts uh, from a frame and put those into one and the other in another. And then the others, we uh, took natural drawn comb that had brood on it and cut like a one and a half to two inch. Well, those were a one and a half inch strip across the bottom that had young larvae in it. And we pulled that rectangular piece of comb out and then laid it in vertically. So the cells run up and down rather than left and right. When you look down into the hive, we took that piece and kind of sandwiched it in between uh, some frames uh, to kind of get them to um, uh, entice them to draw that larva out lengthwise vertically and, and then actually feed it and turn it into a queen cell. And, um, and then the last box um, we kind of had one kind of extra frame of brood that we really didn't need to go back to um, the other hives, uh, the parent hives. And so we, I wanted to see, well, is one frame of brood um, enough in an eight frame box? And so we put one frame um, in there and uh, that was that was one row of experiments. And then the other row of experiments were five more splits. Um, those all went into five frame boxes that we built here. And those were... Uh, one of them was a swarm cell, and the other four were vertical uh, strips or natural drawn comb that we had cut that had larvae that we then placed sandwiched between frames vertically uh, to get them to draw out queen cells. Yeah, and so it was it was interesting because um, there you had different you had the the eight frames and the five frame nuke boxes, and you did the experiment. Um, the for the eight frames. The um, which were like it, it was like a normal small or uh, mid hive box, right? Mediums, mediums. Everything's yeah. mediums here. Yep. Yeah, everything's mediums. So um, the first three looked good. We we pulled out, and it was actually it was actually Ben's bees, and he was with us, and we found that we actually found the hive. We we didn't have to cut it. We didn't have to cut the um, frames apart, and we found a, a good queen. The swarm cell was in that one. Correct. Yeah, it had not hatched yet. Correct. Yeah, and and we got good video. Uh, Senior Fratzel got great yep. video of it. Um, and the second one we didn't see any queens yet, and we'll get back to it. And but it, they were still healthy bees, so they were still working and they were still doing that. But we didn't see that. I'm trying to remember the third. Um, I think the third was still looking good. Um, it was a similar situation, and then the other two. Um. There was a little bit of bees left in the in the, uh, I think it would have been Jake's, right. And then Nate's, there was it was nothing. totally it was yep. totally nothing. So, yep. so some of the things that you noticed with the eight frames, with you were talking earlier with Sean about the weather, um, how you know Sean's not getting any rain, you're getting you're getting a bunch of rain, and it's very cool. What what don't you like about doing the experiments with the eight frame medium? Yeah. So what I've seen so far is the one frame walkaway split, which was a shot in the dark anyways. Um, it just, it got too cold. We've had really, really cold and damp weather, which are both terrible things when you have young brood that need to stay warm um, and need to have conditions in the hive kept so they can actually hatch. Um, <clears throat> so the the end, the very last uh, hive on the stand, which was Nate's frame, or Nate's uh, hive, um, that was the one frame walkaway split. Um, and so... There just wasn't enough 
uh, bees hatching fast enough to keep the rest of them warm. Um, there wasn't enough. Uh, the nurse bees that were left in that um, eventually aged out and then also died. You know, with a 35-day cycle or so lifespan, um, you know, when you make a split and take one frame from an, a productive hive and you bring it and set it into another, you know, you're going to have uh, field bees on it. You may have some drones on it, um, and you're going to have uh, some young nurse bees that have just recently hatched that aren't out flying yet and are, are relying on uh, the, the the field bees to bring them nectar until they can fly and go out and forage for themselves. Their goal, their their duty is to uh, keep keep uh, the hive warm, uh, nurse some of the other cells, and um, it just it got too cold and it got too wet, um, and it just it, it wiped them out. And it was a one frame, you know, um, so it was kind of a kind of a shot in the dark, you know. Um, so the eight frame, which is what my opinion is, these bees are completely different than last year's bees for lots and lots of reasons, but. What I've noticed is there's a huge difference between making splits into a five frame versus an eight frame. Um, and I am definitely leaning way hard, heavy towards five frames. There's less box for them to keep warm, less box to evaporate moisture, um, so they can keep that heat built up inside of that box way easier um, when you're making splits than you can in an eight frame box, and definitely more than a 10 frame box. Although there are a couple hives up there that will probably split. And be queen right soon. Um, as you noticed, um, all the f- splits that we made into five frames are exploding. Yeah. If you look out in the front, and there's bees all over the all over the front, all all over the entrance. They're um, building comb. They were building drawing comb. out. Yeah, they were drawing out comb because you didn't have it was a five frame box, but I think you only had three. I put three frames in it. Yep. Yep, and they they built. They had drawn out comb from the lid. On the lid. Yeah. And that was the frame that we took a, uh, it was a swarm cell uh, from another hive that we put inside of there. Uh, that, and I, th- and I put one frame of honey, and that's it. And then one empty frame. And they've already, they uh, I noticed something was unique. Um, I, I guess I actually, for- to be honest, I forgot that it's in my notes. I didn't check those before we went out today, but I actually forgot that that was a swarm cell that I put in there. I thought those, those were all... Um, vertical strips that I'd placed, but that one was a swarm cell. Um, and so when I opened it and we were looking at it and I found the swarm cell and I seen the end of it was like, like a trap door was cut open and there was nothing inside of there. I was like, Hmm, I've got a hatched queen. That can't be, you know, we, we're not, we try not to be too obsessive to go inside of there. Um, but when you're making splits, you need to know for sure if you have cells in there, queen cells going on. Um, and so we're in there, you know, at, at least once a week, hopefully twice a week. Um, yeah. And we and I, I so I knew um, that. And today was day eleven from the split. It was yeah day eleven. And then so of course when we see that, um, and then I saw the queen and she's unmarked. All the queens we have so far that came from our foundation stock from another apiary, those were all those are marked. So any new queen that hatches isn't marked. Um, and so when I I seen that okay that the trap door is open, the first thing. I noticed was the hive was quiet, extremely chilled out. Um, and they say, and I've learned that uh, when you open a hive, if it's if you can hear them humming, and they and they get a little bit noisy, then it's maybe a, uh, a hive that has no queen. Well, this one sounded like my other hives that have queens. They were more relaxed. They were quiet. I had seen that swarm cell with the end opened up, and then I noticed the empty frame that I had put in there was completely drawn out. 
And when I opened that, or I grabbed that one first, it was on the outside and lifted it up. Um, it was loaded full of bees and it wasn't nectar cells. They were brood cells. So I'm thinking, uh-oh, they're making brood cells, which means they're anticipating a queen laying. And then I went to the next frame and when I had seen the swarm cell and it was actually opened up, then there was a queen. She was running around on that frame. So um, that was pretty cool. And when we put it all back, um, like I learned from Michael Jordan uh, from when I took his B course out in Colorado, like record keeping is crucial. Um, and at this time when I'm making all these splits, like I was extremely scatterbrained. But what I did do was with a paint marker on top of the lid, I wrote. And then I seen it when we put the, we, when we, our main objective today uh, was to go back and put the, the jar top feeders, the mason jars back on the lids to feed everybody else out. And so when we, when we went through the hive, it seen the queen, seen the open swarm cells, seen them drawing out the comb, put the lid back on to put the sugar syrup in and with, with, with the essential oils. Then I had seen my note that I wrote, which said swarm cell from hive A, yeah. 621. Yeah. And they go, ah. It makes total sense. That's why I have a queen. You know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a big, I'm a beginning beekeeper, and you know, it's, it's not going to be uh, beyond me to miss something or not see something or not, or you know, I don't know what I don't know yet. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I made a mistake. Then I seen the note. Then it made sense. Also, too, I think like you had, and you made a point too. Was it, it took us a while to get through it because you're explaining it to. Rich and I, we're shooting a video, and we have been there. <laughs> who's trying to smoke the bees? Smoke constantly, everything. Smoke put his face everything. into every frame. Yeah, putting his face in until he finally did get stung. Yeah, and he was really tough about it and had tried to hide it from us. And he just walked I away. Had no idea he got stung. Yeah, I had a I had a suspicion, but we thought he'd be crying. No, didn't cry. He's he so fearless, ho holding his arm like there was a bee on me, and then he just walked away and didn't want to cry in front of us. And then, uh, but ultimately, that's why I think you you miss it because we had the notes and we looked and it was all you had great notes on the on the boxes themselves, so we knew what we were looking for. The second box of the five frames, um. You had done that the same technique that was in the uh, the cutting, mids. cutting the the comb with the the larva in it, putting in vertically. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then you cut, you split the frames, you cut into it, and we we're like, hopefully we don't cut into a queen cell. Right. And then we open it up, we turn it over. Turns out, you cut up a queen. <laughs> I cut right through a queen. But thankfully, they still had a couple other good. There was one more cell. Yep. So what I what I've noticed is they're making um, when I take a full length chunk of natural comb out that has young larvae in it and, and sandwich it between two frames you know that's like the you know poor man hillbilly way of non-grafting queens because they see a vertical uh, cell with a larva in it that's not in the orientation a worker should be so their instinct is to go ahead and start feeding it real gel feed it all the way out to turn it into a queen and then cap it draw it out um and so when they're when they're doing that they're making several they're making like several attempts i mean they're definitely smarter than we are um about having many plans you know it's important to have you know a plan a b and c sometimes um even if your plan a is to have several fallback plans so well they have several queen cells that they put in place um and what i noticed is that after 
you know, we're getting to right now we're day 11. So after nine, um, nine days on a standard B, eight days on a small cell Bs, they'll cap that, they'll cap that queen cell off. And then it's about six to seven days later and it'll hatch. So we're 15 days minimum ish, um, before a queen cell will hatch and we're at 11 days. So I knew going into today that, um, every hive we go into, um, if they're going to make a queen, it would already be capped. And so when you have that little strip of foundation or of, of comb, I should say, um, that's sandwiched between two frames, you can pull those two frames out carefully and try to look down inside to see if there's any queen cells, which we tried. But there were so many bees in there. Like you couldn't see it. We tried to smoke it. We still couldn't see it. Um, so what we did is uh, use a paring knife and actually cut along one side of the frame. And sure enough, that first one, they had placed a queen cell right in that location. And so we were, we were bummed and it's on video and it's like, yeah, well, you know, if you're going to propagate bees like this, this is probably going to happen. And then, so I sure enough, uh, check the back side of that frame and there's a secondary. And, and it was almost like immediately all those bees were back on top of that secondary queen, mm-hmm. all huddled around it. So it's like, they've got a backup plan. Um, and then, uh, on those, um, Pretty much every box was like that in that row that, that, that we that we went through. Well, the, there was one, yeah. So they were all merged, but one box you you had a suspicion because it was uh, mm, you right. had the pre foundation yeah. and they hadn't really drawn it out, and so you cut under that and it was fine. We right. found a queen cell. Yep. The next one you cut, and it um, you had broken out the queen larvae. Or larva, but the bees went and got on top of it, and, and we were, were starting to patch her back in. And they were patching yeah. it up, and then the, I think it was either the fourth or the fifth. You found a good queen to actually, queen uh, cell to actually cut out. Yeah. So we cut that out, um, and actually that was the one where they actually had, they drawn a bunch of extra comb too. They drawn the the cross comb, comb yeah. They had drawn a bunch of cross combs. We, we, you'd cut that out, and we stuck it on top of the hives. Um, and we, we put the that bee out to, to, to we were going to go take it. To, we took it to the eight frame um, boxes. Or the, yeah, and then, and then when we got to the original nukes, that was interesting, too, because um, there's a couple things that, were inter- that I found interesting, because those were the original ones. And... Um, Oh man, what what was it that we saw? So what we, we noticed, uh, just uh, the touch back on what you were saying. So yeah. on the on the hives that we were splitting, um, what Susan and I did is we we were checkerboarding those frames of brood with just uh, frames of foundation that weren't drawn out yet. And so um, as after I cut the first one, that first split that I did was actually two frames right next to each other with a foundation on the outside. And so I was cutting into two potential broods of frame, and that's when I split that queen. The next hive over, I noticed that her and I must have decided, hey, we should checkerboard these in case they do that. And what was accident? Either way, I seen that we had a fresh frame, and I knew, okay, there's probably there's not going to be any brood in that because she, there's not a queen that's going to be laying yet. So when I run my paring knife through that piece of comb, I can lean it and angle it towards on the other side, on that side, of the non-drawn out or the non um, uh, the the comb that was not laid in, and it was a cut on that side. When I did that and then pulled the frame out that actually had um, that comb attached to it, 
then we had viable queen cells. And one of them had uh, two queen cells. Uh, most of them had four to five queen cells, um, but they'd already started to chew off out of the side two to three of those, only leaving two. It's like, it's like they leave two every single time. And then what would happen is if we didn't touch them and let, lead them go, let, 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 let them go, one queen will hatch, and then she'll go and, and sting uh, and, and Which kill. Which is what we saw in the swarm, the swarm one where we actually, oh, okay, I do have a hatched queen. Yep, exactly. And so every single time they're 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 chewing them out from the the the, the queens from the side. They either aren't viable or aren't the ones they're gonna they're gonna choose. Um, so it's neat that they have a backup plan. So on one hand, we were bummed because I just sliced through a, a queen, and then on, on the other side of that frame, there was the other one, and they were already congregating all over that frame. Um, and then and then one of the queens, um, when I uh when we cut through it and broke the frame apart, the wax had split. I didn't cut it, but the wax had split, and it kind of just revealed. The long larva queen, which is really cool to see, and then they were Im- immediately on top of her, not pulling her out, but it looked like they were patching her back full of wax. Now, whether or not she cools or not, or too too quick and chills out, um, we'll see. But um, if memory serves me, every um, hive, every five frame nuke box um, has a viable queen cell that, that should hatch um, in four to five days. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting to check back in a, in, a, in about a week or so um, to see who hatches and if they're if they're already going heading uh, and laying. Something else too we forgot to bring up um, with the uh, same by to Sean was you had noticed because you have a lot of bee activity here that aren't just your bees, but you had noticed your swarm traps of the bee activity, and that mm, made you think. Yeah, let me look to see yeah. if I need to uh, yeah, so split. We're using those, uh, what we learned from Michael Jordan, those mobile swarm traps, a five-gallon bucket, concrete, PVC at telescopes up. Michael uses a five-gallon bucket on top. I've got some temporary nukes laying around here. Um, so we attached a temporary nuke to the top that we can just drop frames in. Um, and last week I noticed, man, I've got a lot of bees uh, hitting these traps. Um, and there were small bees. I'm thinking, uh-oh, i got a, I got a, a swarm fixing to, I've got a hive fixing to swarm. And so... Sure enough, I went down and looked, and and there was there uh, one hive that had, was had a swarm cell, um, and so they were looking for a new place. Interestingly enough, that day, I moved that swarm cell to that hive that we had seen the queen run around on the new one, which would actually be the first queen hatched. That would be our farm genetics, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, as soon as I moved that, it was like within an hour, it was a ghost town on that trap, um, on on both traps that I, that I've got out. And now you got you you have right now just from observing today, you do have um, you do have a lot of activity on those traps, um, and and they do look like they're larger bees. They're bigger bees. Yeah. I think you, we you think they're German black. There's some bees that are all have an all black abdomen. There's mm-hmm. there's all kinds of bees. Um, and then uh, the other thing, I remember what I saw. So when we went to the original nukes that you had there, was when you'd pulled and split those hives. You had taken some uh, pre-foundation frames and put them in there, and they were getting rid of that foundation. Yeah. So yeah. When I, so when we, when we were building all of our frames, within um, we were inserting small cell foundation into it. And our uh, initial idea was to go ahead and wire the frames. That's what our B club showed us to do: is wire the frames. And then I ordered wired foundation, so you end up cross wiring it. Um, so long story short, you're sandwiching your wax foundation inside the frame between two wires and then uh, heating it up 
so it melts the wax into the wire. Well, when you first learn to do that, learning, you know, you're, you're, you're Jerry rigging all that up, but you're Billy rigging up that whole system to do that. Um, and I got it, the wire too hot. And so it kind of made these little like voids around the wire, around the wax. Well, what we noticed in those hives on those first couple hives that I used that foundation is the bees actually cleaned up the wax around that wire all the way. And they're starting, they're starting to like draw it out nice and clean. So you were thinking about doing something different. Yeah. And so what I've noticed is uh, actually Dan Bokros over there at uh, Red Dog Ranch, him and Christy were out and we built some boxes here together, built them a bunch and we built some for ourselves. Um, so that was a good time. Um, but he's got large cell bees and he wants small cell bees. And so I thought, well, hey, let's experiment. Um, and so I took a frame um, and I cut like a one and a half inch strip out of my small cell foundation and then uh, attached that to the little wedge bar on the top of the frame. And then we labeled it and he took it home to put that into his um, his bees um, to see if maybe they'll start drawing out smaller cell on that and then laying in it. Um, but it turns out, I think he put it in the top box when they're uh, during the nectar flow and they just drew the whole thing out um, for nectar cells and just filled it full of nectar, um, which is cool. This is yeah. a new experiment, but maybe next time we'll have him do it. Maybe when he's either not in a honey run or if he wants to checkerboard them to get maybe less bees put in the bottom box where she's laying and then put that frame right next to a frame she's laying in so they'll draw a foundation for larva and then maybe she'll hop over and um, maybe make, they probably won't go from full size to four nine millimeter like a small cell, but if they can go down like a five two or a five, that'd be cool because he's a, that you know, one, at least on one frame a step, a step closer and then he could take that frame and then make a, you know, he could then take that and start, start, start to make a split in the future. Getting, it's probably getting as far as timing this year. We're getting probably, you know, once that goldenrod hits. As far as I understand, we want to be real careful on how many splits we make because um, we, we want them to be able to go forage and put enough honey back for themselves. Because we're certainly not, we're not, we don't want to run them so thin this year that they don't have any bees. Yeah, to keep them warm and, or have enough uh, honey in their in their pantry to um, to keep them. But it's definitely been interesting. Um, since the last buzzcast on all these splits because we we're, we we have very uh, obvious data that state that's showing uh splitting into a five frame nuke in mediums is extremely successful um and that the eight frames even mediums is just a little bit too much box um to keep those brood warm um with these wacky weather fluctuations now we did we did take that queen egg and put him in one of the eight frames. We did. So there was one one of the really uh, really good splits um, had several cells in it. So we cut one and, and Rich has it all. Rich did a good job of taking all kind of video. He doesn't have us putting it in though. Oh right. Well, yeah. he has Senior more importantly all. he has pictures of us cutting it out. And Susan and I took a bunch of video of actually how we made all these splits. And so we'll get that edited and get that up. And I'd maybe maybe Rich will will get the the video that he took today and you can maybe attach that into the show notes and you absolutely it's if you've never done any of this kind of stuff it probably sounds might be hard to listen to because you don't know exactly yeah what we're talking about but once you see the video rich took rich took some excellent video it's great audio so um just for the record you keep talking up my video we've yet to actually go back and watch it or hear it so i watched you record <laughs> it and i've heard I heard the video you took of the pigs and the chickens. This sounds like an overpromise underdeliver. I try to do the opposite. Of yeah, that. yeah. Okay, his video <laughs> fucking sucks. Okay, but well, there's video, it. and it may or may not show yeah. in detail what we aren't doing. There you yeah, go. that's better. Um, it'll be great till it's not. I guarantee there is, that. There is one more thing that I wanted to say. 
we already talk about the i think we talked about the different um varieties in your mutt bees well i think what we what we're seeing is obviously the difference in how they're uh multiplying between an eight and a frame uh, eight frame medium versus a five frame medium Uh, we talked about that what we're seeing is just a complete muttness um and the 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 color um uh and the stripes of the bees we're seeing bees that are half black uh half gold we're seeing bees that are uh gray and black like more like a carnolian um we're seeing some almost um reddish blonde and black stripes we're seeing a little bit more of the like a golden italian um and we're seeing some of all black like a german so there's like a a a huge um variety in the color which is kind of exciting because you never know what you're going to get uh, on all, all of our queens are all a little bit different some of our queens are all like honey amber some have a couple stripes some have just a dark dark point yeah which is you know which, which is kind of neat so it's always interesting to kind of see um what's that but one of the one of the big exciting news is is because of course uh the capital city gardens doesn't have a beehive yet yeah. but one of the hives that we had split from our foundation stock um, we had an extra queen cell, and Rich has really good video of us cutting that out. And then um, when when Rich had, uh, headed back to the house, um, we snuck over and sandwiched that in between two frames of one of the um, hives in an eight frame that has good numbers, but I didn't see a queen cell in there any longer. And they were immediately smothering that. Immediately. So yeah. as soon as we put it in there, they were, they were all... They were ready for and it. And that's when good old Sean Brown showed up with beer and to take a look. So we did <laughs> yeah. get to see that. Um, so that'll be pretty exciting. What I'll probably do tomorrow is I'll probably move them into a, into a smaller, five frame. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably move them into a five frame box. I think there was one more thing, but I can't really think of it, but we gotta we gotta get dinner going. Yeah, so that's um, the that's the Hiawatha hive. That'll be that could be the one that goes to Capital it, City Gardens. We have it ready. The only thing we probably need to do is get the cattle panel and put it in front of the raised beds. But yeah, those I, bees I, are so docile, man, I don't think it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, and I kind of the way I design those, the cattle panels are really going to go on the end. Okay. The, of the tomatoes. So I, I don't think it's going to be a concern there. These these were no issue here. No, I mean we were the whole time you were cutting out again just to to show the 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 fact Ben got stung and it's it was surprising it took so long for him to get stung. I can't believe. Yeah, I mean the way yeah. Ben acts, we're like. Ben, come on, bud. You know, and he he finally got stung, and he and will hopefully be not fearful of the bees, but like just know, oh, these things can hurt me. And uh, but I mean, the whole time you're cutting out, you're cutting out a hive, you're cutting out a queen egg. Well, we should have got if that was a regular regular from bee, last year, we would have been ran out of there. I mean, yeah. we we were we were you know had a paring knife through there, being careful not to cut bees, but. We're in there. We're disturbing them. I'm, I'm pulling them out. Ben's smoking them way too much. Yeah. You know, Ben's all up in there. He wants to see. He's eager, and I love that about about uh, his. He's the little bee guy. He's like, yeah, he Ben the bee man. Be there, yeah. That's, that I'm, I can see him doing something with bees in the future, but I, I, I it, you don't want to see anyone get stung. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm I kind of hate this. It sounds silly, but I'm glad he had an experience to where next time he'll be. I, I don't need him to go get his bee suit every time. I don't want that, but. And to just be a little bit more precautious and to be careful and mindful um, of what he's doing, I think I think that um, went a long way. On the flip side, you know, there's probably some grown ass men that if they got stung by a bee, they'd be freaking out. 
he walked off like he pretended like he like didn't it didn't even stopped. happen. Yeah, he pretended. So I, and the only reason why we know is because he said something to Rich on the porch. The lumber squash is strong with that one. Yeah, that's for sure. He said something to you, and you and he was pointing at stuff, and he said, "Did you get stung?" Well, he had bees buzzing around him, which we were a ways away from the hives. So when I saw bees around, and I asked him again, I'm like, "Are you sure you didn't get stung because of the pheromones?" Right. Yeah. And that's when he pointed to his arm, and I saw the little welt. Yeah. So, but he was fine. He 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 left and yeah, playing with the. The kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the bees are doing good here. We've turned uh, five nukes um, into five. So, we have our initial five um, are still queen, right? We've made uh, uh, nine splits. I didn't want to talk about marking the queens because that made it so much easier to find the queens. We marked them. Susan and I, I, she helped me out uh, big time with that. She even marked one. Um, We actually have, like, we have some video we need to get posted that will help better explain all this. But, um, we marked all of our queens with a color that doesn't uh, usually, like most beekeepers, every year has a different color. We did something completely different just so we know this color is our foundation stock. And then so now that we have any queens that we now have hatched out, we might mark those those same color or a different color. We'll probably not use the standard color ever just because that way we'll know these are RBs and we'll make notes. We have lots of colors that we got from um, Shane McClellan when, we, when I got his bee gear, but... Um, Greg, what do you actually use to mark them? They're paint. They're just they're 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 paint markers. So it's actually a a daub of a, a daub of paint that goes um, onto their uh, their thorax. Just standard paint. It's uh it's like a, it's a paint marker. Nothing specific. No, for not, not for nope okay. nope. So and something else that you pointed out is we didn't paint the queen that was newly hatched because. She wasn't laying yet. She's too young. She she just hatched probably within the, the last day. I see. It'd be um, so, so 15. The math on that is she should fly if she didn't already. Um, and she should be laying eggs in probably three days. Um, and I'm going on just what I've heard is you don't want to mark them before they go on their flight. As, um, it can Sometimes they can come back not mated. Um, and so we, we, we want her, of course, to go out and fly, get mated by the drones, come back. Then lay. Once I see she has larva, then I'll go ahead and mark her with that new color, and then I'll then I'll know, um, you know, who she is, where she came from, which just helps with kind of our our, our management there. But um, we took five um, five nukes. We started off with seven, uh, sold two, um, the five that were our foundation stock. We've turned those into five nukes that are going to be hatching queens. One already did, so there's four more that should hatch this week. Um, so we've doubled our population immediately. And then we've got uh, the bees in the eight-frame boxes that, are, that came off the splits. One's the Hiawatha hive. Uh, three more could, could potentially be queen right um, in about a week. Yours will take, um, depending on how old, we don't, we don't know exactly how old that capped queen is, but that should hatch in six days, five days or so. Um, so... Um, you know, a little bit of knowledge um, and some dedication, uh, I think, goes a long way. Because I think just doing it, though, I mean, you're you're not just, afraid to yeah, to get out mistakes. there. You're doing different experiments with bee yeah. propagation. I mean, we established earlier in the last episode that that is that is what you and I are both interested in. You know, Sean wants honey, so he has a different management practice. Yeah. Dan wants honey; he's got a different management practice, but. It was it, it for me. It was a it was a very humbling and exciting experience today. I think rich for you as well. 
Well, bees, I'm always amazed. You talk about what it takes to, to, to be a beekeeper, and you were talking earlier, you were surprised at the amount of work. And I, I think that's really everything. Right? Yeah. When you get into any topic, it, it's amazing the level of detail that you can go down to. And, you know, I'm someone that probably thought I knew a lot about bees. You know, I've been to a bunch of different classes and read stuff and watched movies and actually opening up a hive and seeing them a little bit. And You're like, I don't know anything about bees. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like realize I, I know nothing. Greg's saying so. the wings. He's like, look at these wings. They look healthy. And I'm like, they do. And then he's, we, we didn't see any mites. We didn't see any uh, beetles. Or, we didn't. There were. I mean, it's so awesome. The difference between last year and this year and these bees. Night I mean, last day. year we were tore up. We were, we already had lost two hives, and I was trying to save them. Um, I already lost one hive twice and tried to requeen it already by now. Um, and they were always they were struggling hard with hive beetles and struggling hard with varroa mite. These bees this year, I mean, I don't. We're some wood. We need to knock on, knock on wood because these guys so far. I mean, they it really makes beekeeping fun. Yeah. When bees aren't trying to die on you or they're not getting decimated by a pest. Yeah. You know, so we haven't had to do um, any kind of um, reactive treatments at all of any of any type on them. Um, and uh, I collected a bunch of uh, staghorn sumac berries um, for the natural citric acid to put that into a smoker um, to where if these bees uh, did have varroa, I was going to treat half of them um, with those sumac berries in the smoker. I haven't had I haven't even had to do that. I mean, I, no. the only the only thing that I have done to these bees is use Honey Bee Healthy, um, and they have been amazing. And for the last two weeks, I actually ran out of Honey Bee Healthy, and I wasn't going to pay for it anymore. So the last two weeks, they haven't had they, they, they've just had sugar water, and they still have no problems. And so uh, we made our own uh, batch of Honey Bee Healthy, but instead of so we used uh, wintergreen lemongrass oil uh, and emulsifier and sugar and mix that up and we're like three ounces um, uh, per five gallons three ounces of that mix into a five gallon um, batch of, of feed and we'll and we'll see what happens so um, so so far since we spoke last the bees are booming they're they're making lots of bees we've got we're, we're almost doubled um, our size of our apiary we're almost queen right by the next time we talk We'll have um, it'll I'm be it'll be fun. In my house too. You should have. We should be talking about uh, your yeah. setup. Yep. Because so it, it's going to cool. be interesting. Because something you pointed out today is like you, you're definitely in a different climate zone than me. You're a zone warmer. You're, yeah. Your Darth, your nectar, your flora run is going to be, you know, a little bit different. But I think if we get you initially, you wanted to do two hives um, that you're going to try to catch swarms on. You know, we talked about getting getting you some bees from here. I promised the kids to all get them a hive. It looks like they're all going to have a hive. So from here, you know, those bees will be available, and we've got one set up for you um, as long as that queen takes, and then she hatches out and comes back mated. You know, you could have a you could have a, a, a hive in about a week. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting too, and, and we'll probably have a discussion, I'm sure, on the next one because I, I think we should probably um, – we'll figure out if we're, if we're going to start it. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to probably want to start it at five frames. We, and it'll only be in a five frame this year. We'll start, yeah. we'll start off in five. Um, here it's, it's almost July 4th. Um, and so if we get that to your place in 10 days, um, they'll have three weeks to put on. It'll be the first of August. We probably won't even, we, we won't, we won't split that one. No, you know, we'll let it build numbers. 
and then we'll add a box on we top. Probably do two five frame boxes yeah. on top of each other. Yep. And then we'll yeah. let them um, fill that second box full of honey. And then I won't, we won't touch them. We'll either and leave then, them at your place or I'll just bring them back here and set them up and keep them over the wintertime. And then in the springtime, they're ready to explode. Yeah. And then in the springtime, we can wait uh, until like uh, late May again. And we could turn that one box into two almost as soon as they start to run. And then, yeah. then, then you could have two frames or two two sets of bees at your place to look and you know be a little bit more hands on. But um, you know the weather's been extremely wacky. I mean, I, I was already anticipating having fifteen hives by now. Um, and there's definitely been some setbacks on how cool it's been at nighttime. I'm I'm, I'm happy and thankful to, to have doubled my almost yeah. you know nearly doubled well, my numbers. But. Even even in our climate last week, it was it, it the hottest it got was eighty one yeah. in June. Well, a couple of those mornings, 55 degrees. 55 degrees. We're wearing hoodies going out there in the city. Yeah, we were in the 40s that night out here. That's right. The city makes a big difference with all yeah. the asphalt. We were in the city. A lot of heat. Yep. Yeah, even in my blacktop backyard, it was yep. super cool. So, so. Yes, yeah, so everything's going good here. The bees are healthy. We're not doing anything for them. And uh, we're making splits that look like are going to be queen right soon, including the one that, or that will go to your place here uh, next time we... We talk, so it was thanks, Rich, for taking all the video, and hopefully you can get that out and people can check it out. Yeah. Ho- hopefully it uh, comes. Hopefully, out. hopefully, Rich will relax and I wish you rest his back. Can make you a badass banjo track to put with that, though. You know what I yeah. need to do? I, I need someone to help me set up a YouTube channel because I I've can help you. If you just upload video to Facebook, the quality sucks in comparison. Yeah. There is actually an HD option, which I didn't know that. I, I posted have it all checked. I went through and have HD checked everywhere I can check it. There was a huge difference because I just noticed that. I posted a video last week of a of a honeybee eating on a white clover and it said upload in HD question mark. I said, Yeah. And it did it. If but, the video thing works out, you know, I can also come out with the SLR and I have macro yeah. lenses and stuff and I can we can yeah. mess around taking some yeah. shorter yeah. videos. I'll definitely set up a YouTube channel for Rich this week and uh I could I can we can post it there and have a link in the show notes. Um, so great. Well, Greg, thanks for having us out, man. Thanks for, uh, being, a a second year B mentor to me who hasn't even officially started, but, uh, I'm, it was, it was, today was fun and it was, it was a little bit overwhelming, but like it was very educational all at the same time. So I, I'm happy, uh, that you had us out and I appreciate it. So, and so everybody go to naturesimagefarm.com. Maybe, maybe. You can buy some hillbilly honeybee healthy. <laughs> yeah, you know one, one of the, the one of the great things about the community is 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 people that they support us and they vote with their wallets and they they do a good job of making sure we're sold out before we even can offer anything to the public. And I'm, I appreciate all you guys that um, that do that. But pigs, turkeys—you couldn't even put turkeys on the website. Uh, yeah, we I, all messaged you. I messaged you. Everyone, James did. We're like. No, I want a turkey again this year. I have a turkey, right? Yep. And then you couldn't even put on the site. So Yep. So we uh we do have some exciting things coming up with uh we have some ram lambs here now. We're getting ready uh, we're gonna be picking up a couple more sheep from Nick Stay Schulte, some some uh hair sheep. It turns and, out it's Steck Schulte. I didn't know that. I, I'm gonna call him Stay Schulte. Oh, I'm never cool. gonna change. Cool. Come. That sounds good. And then we also uh may or may not be bringing back some breadback Dexter heifers. That'd be and fun. actually have beef for the first time here. That'll be fun. And is that just going to be for the homestead? We'll see. Okay. I'm just wondering. All right. Anyways. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Um, definitely uh, let us know that you like the show. Share it. 
Um, anybody that keeps bees, feel free to share it with them too so they can talk shit about us. And remember, hashtag be the change. Be the change. Hashtag be the change. Thanks, guys.